brought to you by Charity Mobile, the phone company that shares your values. More information is available at CharityMobile.com. The topic of Lady Moloch is one that is not going to be going away anytime soon. She has publicly defied Archbishop Cordeleone's restriction on her receiving our blessed Lord in the most blessed sacrament of the altar. The secular opinion makers have predictably suddenly cared about who receives the Eucharist on Sunday and sided with her. And a hilarious statement was accidentally released by the diocese in the capital about what Car Cardinal Gregory will, or more accurately, will not be doing about all of this. And I say it's hilarious not because of what they say with words, but in the fact that it was clearly never meant to be made public, which of course it was almost immediately. Here, what they're doing with action is far more important. And it all points to something that casual observers of the church haven't really noticed until now that there is a real division among the bishops of the United States and beyond, and this issue is making that clear for everyone to see. And the forces of Satan are rejoicing in that internal division among our shepherds. So let's have a look at this broader story today. We begin with Lady Moloch herself, who publicly denounced the church as those people and denounced what her bishop has been doing in supporting what the church teaches on this topic and has taught since time immemorial. And she did it with a friendly interviewer for all the world to see, because of course, the story comes to us from LifeSite News, since I don't want to give the original outlet that they took the story from any clicks if I can. From the LifeSite article, quote, the self-professed Catholic who was frequently and vocally supported the Moloch procedure in contradiction of the teachings of the Catholic Church, argued during an interview that while she respects the views of those who oppose the procedure, she doesn't respect people foisting those views onto others, end quote. She also most curiously used the word those people to describe a whole list of topics the church opposes, meaning she refers to the church in glowing terms as those people. And people say that I disrespect the present hierarchy of the church. Look, I got nothing on what Lady Moloch does. She's an artist at trying to sound moderate and reasonable, when it suits her while actually speaking in a deeply insulting manner about the magisterial authority of the church. The saga of Lady Moloch won't be going away anytime soon either, unfortunately. She received communion in violation of canon law the Sunday immediately following Cordelone's statement, and presumably this past Sunday she did as well. And while I won't continue to report breathlessly each new event that happens in this sad saga of a public Catholic defying the lawful authority of the church, which is actually just defending one of the oldest moral teachings it has, and in so doing, defending its own moral authority and integrity, I will continue to cover major events as they happen because this story isn't over yet. It is showing the great divide in the church in stark terms that even those who don't really pay attention normally to ecclesiastical matters are actually noticing. The great divide in the church is getting worse. Internal divisions in the church in America, and by extension throughout the broader church, are becoming much more obvious. One such story that shows this is the official response from the Diocese of Washington, D.C., where Cardinal Wilton Gregory gave his official response to whether he will enforce his brother Archbishop's lawful decree. From the pillar, we get this headline, Gregory, Cordelione, and Communion on Communion. The story is by Ed Condon, who isn't known for being a radical traditionalist or someone with a huge ax to grind against Francis and the bishops. He argues here that what we're witnessing are the divisions in the church in America made more obvious for everyone to see. Quote, the Archdiocese of Washington has said Cardinal Wilton Gregory's position on not denying communion to anyone has not changed following the decision of San Francisco Archbishop 
Salvatore Cordelione to prohibit public Catholic Lady Moloch from the sacrament over her defense of the Moloch ritual. A statement on Gregory's behalf sought to present an apparent decision by the cardinal not to honor the determination of her home bishop as, quote, no change to archdiocesan policy and sidestep the storm over Archbishop Cordelione's pastoral decision to evoke Canon 915 in relation to the speaker, end quote. And I'll take a sidestep here and have a brief look at Cardinal Gregory's statement. Anyone paying attention to ecclesiastical events in the hierarchy is not surprised in the slightest by this move. Most of us are aware that he's about to issue a ban on the apostolic mass in his diocese. And we're waiting to see exactly how draconian that ban is. So this move is not surprising in the slightest. But his reasoning for actually himself violating canon law is interesting. And I say violating it because Cordelione's ban on Lady Moloch receiving the Eucharist follows her anywhere she goes in the church. Meaning anywhere she goes in the world. Cordelione may only be her bishop, but he is a bishop of the church and his authority over his flock extends to anywhere a member of his flock goes in the world. From Gregory's statement, which was an email sent accidentally to the Washington Examiner, which thankfully reported it as it was given to them, we get this quote. Just sharing for you to know what comes in, the email stated. Email since Saturday, when I last checked the comms inbox, has just been a couple of random people wanting to tell the church, the cardinal, to bring down the hammer on her. Aside from Jack Jenkins at RNS, this is the only new media inquiry. It will be ignored too. End quote. RNS is religion news service. Now, clearly, that response was not meant for general consumption by the public, so someone in the diocesan office of Washington sent that to the Washington Examiner to make sure that people knew Gregory was going to flippantly ignore people who want the Eucharist defended and who care about Lady Moloch's eternal destiny, as well as caring about the larger Moloch topic that has once again gripped America. But back to the pillar piece, where we learn that after that statement was hilariously sent to the media by a staffer who clearly recognized that Gregory was in the wrong for doing this, Gregory issued a new statement that they probably thought when issuing it looked more reasonable, but it really shows that they're backpedaling. Quote, the Capitol Archdiocese was forced to issue a statement Monday after a communications error led to the Washington Examiner being sent an internal email acknowledging the intention to ignore media requests for comment on Lady Moloch's situation. The clarification followed, stating that the Cardinal would not be making any new comment on the situation, and that while Cordelione's decision was his to make in the Archdiocese of San Francisco, Gregory had not instructed his clergy to refuse communion to anyone, pointing to a previous statement Gregory made last year. Although the Archdiocese appeared to play down the significance of the statement, the effective announcement that Cardinal Gregory will not honor the determination of Lady Moloch's proper pastor represents a significant departure from other U.S. bishops who have lined up to support Cordelione, including Bishop Robert Vasa of the Diocese of Santa Rosa, California, where she has a third home, end quote. In other words, this departure is a clear sign of internal divisions among the U.S. bishops on this topic. And remember, Cardinal Gregory is on the side of Francis in virtually everything. He's part of the coterie of bishops that include Cardinal Supich and Joseph Tobin and the others who have Francis's ear for all things church in America. But a response from their camp came from the National Catholic Reporter, which is the outlet that is so modernist that they have repeatedly been told throughout history they cannot use the name Catholic in their organization by the bishops. The National Catholic Reporter has ignored those orders. Written by Sean Michael Winters, we get the assertion that Archbishop Cordelione has caused more harm to the church through his ban on Lady Moloch receiving the Eucharist than she has by undermining the authority of the church with her enormous public stature. 
believe that, right? From that article, we get the explanation of that idea. Quote, Archbishop Salvatore Cordelione assures us that his decree barring public Catholic Lady Moloch from receiving Holy Communion has nothing to do with politics. I assure you that my action here is purely pastoral, not political. The assurance is laughable. As Melinda Hennenberger pointed out in the Sacramento Bee, Cordelione's claim is a silly thing to say since no one who would believe him needs to hear it and no one who wouldn't will be at all persuaded by it. The fact that Cordelione misunderstands the politics, however, is the least of his and the Catholic Church's problem. The larger difficulty is that his understanding of the religious values at stake is lousy too. He has misrepresented several cardinal points of church teaching and then erroneously applied that teaching. The Catholic Church's opposition to the Moloch ritual, dating back to the Didache in the first or second century, and repeatedly pronounced in the past 60 years in the face of efforts to legalize the procedure, is well known. Cordelione does not, by his action, evidence the Pope's conclusion that everything is connected. He isolates the Moloch ritual from all other sins and isolates, too, her involvement in this issue. End quote. That is the crux of the modernist argument here. And what Sean Michael Winters is doing is distorting the teaching of the church himself by making that argument. He and the National Catholic Reporter more broadly downplay the issue severely, like all the modernists tend to do. They pay lip service to the perennial teaching of the church on this topic, but in reality, what they're doing is trying that nonsensical, seamless garment approach to downplaying the issue. That's what they've been doing for 60, 70 years in this country at this point. In that quote there, I skipped over his quote of Francis from Laudato Si that he uses to make his point, where Francis says, when we allow the Moloch procedure to stand unopposed, and if we support it, we can't hear the cry of the poor, and we are capable of taking green issues seriously. The real problem is that Winters downplays the Moloch ritual and her involvement in it by trying to elevate other social issues to the same level. We saw it late last week with the mess down in Texas. We see it constantly when the servants of Moloch condemn us for allegedly not caring about people who can't find jobs, or that real anti-Moloch position is apparently to provide whatever social service that the servants of Moloch think we should finally follow their lead on. It's absurd, and the argument from the modernists is just as absurd and insulting to the faith as that. They've been at this for a long time, and by making that argument, they do great harm to the church's credibility in an increasingly atheistic society. It's not Archbishop Cordelione who does this harm on this topic, because on this topic, on this critical issue in our time, he's the one defending the church's position and its moral authority. Not Wilton Gregory, not Sean Michael Winters, and certainly not Lady Moloch, who has richly earned that nickname just as much as the Pharisees earned their nickname, the Brood of Vipers, which was bestowed upon them by our blessed Lord. I suppose it was to be expected that we were going to see public Catholic figures scramble to defend Lady Moloch and her access to the Eucharist. This is, of course, the hill that many of these folks are willing to, metaphorically speaking, die on just to defend their bizarre worldview of the seamless garment. If you're not familiar with the seamless garment, it essentially is that most of these the woes of society, the social teaching of the church filtered through a very specific worldview, all the various topics are on equal footing, and the Moloch topic is just one topic among many, one issue among many. Thus we see unemployment issues becoming on you know being elevated by many of the prelates on the same level as the Moloch topic. And what it really allows for is for the bishops who cry the politicization of the Eucharist to take a very specific and very obvious 
position in alliance with those forces in the secular world, though that party that is in stark opposition to everything fundamentally that the church teaches, that they are that the bishops have a lot, many of the bishops, those who promote the seamless garment and their voices among the laity, have allied themselves with that particular group. And this goes back to the 1960s. I could do a video on how we got there, where this comes from, because I think it's timely and I think maybe it's time to revisit the topic of modernism in that way. So maybe I should visit how we got to this position where it comes from, because this goes back at least to the Kennedys, that far back in history, in modern history. So let me know in the comments if you think you want to see that, because this topic really needs to be addressed. The seamless garment is grotesque, and it's a grotesque distortion of Catholic social teaching, which I do actually know a couple things about. What do you think is coming next in this story? A backpedaling from Archbishop Cordelione? An apology from him? waffling words from Francis delivered at a homily or Angelus address? Let me know in the comments what you think is coming next for the Lady Moloch saga in this topic. And like and subscribe if you haven't, it really does help. As always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.